On this episode, we smoke the San Lotano Dominicano, a collaboration between AJ and Hochi. 5x50 Robusto with an MSRP of 850. We're also going to dip into this Brugal 1888 Duplemente Añejado, um, Dominican rum, and talk about Dominican tobacco growing and cigars. So, this is the Dominican episode. I'm your host, Johnny Midas, and you're listening to Burnline Podcast. Burnline Podcast. The Burnline on a well crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor much like our wit and wisdom. What's up, everybody? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages over the age of 21, you're listening to Burnline Podcast, coming to you not live from the hotbox, the smoky garage, where deals are struck and fortunes are made, adjacent to the McCann Manor, nestled among the bucolic rolling green hills of the McCann estate. Nick, thanks for hosting us today. Absolutely, man. Yeah, so cold, rainy, and we are in the uh, transitional studio. Uh, we have some black coffee from Bantam. Bantam, yep. Yep, Bantam Coffee. Uh, we're in Gettysburg right now, so it's a absolutely gorgeous, typical, you know, South Pennsylvania green, but it's also raining, which is kind of typical for this area in time middle of october yeah yeah the day after friday the 13th yeah so uh we've got this awesome cigar can't wait to get this uh clipped and lip um and then uh we've got a care package from fat boy cigars so can't wait to tear that open and then uh and then we're gonna get drunk on this uh, dominican rum so looks pretty awesome what a treat we're gonna do be doing a whole lot in the next hour oh yeah so we are smoking the San Lotano Dominicano, five by fifty Robusto. And this is a cigar with a Brazilian Cuban seed wrapper. This is a pretty dark wrapper, dark side of dark side of natural, or maybe the light side of Oscuro or something like that. Yeah, it's super. Uh, I don't know, man. It's like it's kind of marbled. There yeah, are like some black uh, spots. Yeah, it it is really attractive. Like, it grabs your attention, and it's slightly fuzzy. Rough, textured. Yeah, yeah. like that. Um, absolutely gorgeous presentation. So the box is lacquered blue, and this is like, um, I don't know, some kind of marine blue. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, deep sea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with red and gold. Uh, just stunning. The band is beautiful. It's got the AJ and Hochi uh, band underneath the uh, main band, which looks like a San Lotano band uh, with the color scheme carried over. It's got the little uh, red ribbon at the bottom that says Dominicano um, and has the red, white, and blue flag color banners that kind of turn into like a wrap around the back mm-hmm. with, you know, premium tobacco. Yeah. There. I wonder what the the portrait is of i need to i'll look that up yeah it's some kind of like building multi-story looks like there's a horse-drawn wagon in front yeah it looks like it's in a different time period doesn't it yeah i think that's a screen grab from a john wayne movie (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so uh, very good looking cigar and great packaging and branding Um, and a little surprising because it has a sub nine dollar msrp um 
but it looks nicer than that, to be honest with you. So sub nine dollars nowadays is cheap, phenomenal. Yeah, I mean Fantastic. anything that's anything that's not double digits anymore is like a value cigar. Yeah, you know. And to so get, fair warning to our listeners: uh, these are pretty much sold out. I mean, we just got on right before recording this, and all of the major outlets that I'm familiar with, you know, back order, back order, unavailable for order, out of stock. So uh, grab them if you can. And uh, we're going to smoke this and kind of give you our thoughts. I've already smoked uh, more than one, many of them. Um, We usually do that to prep for the show and make sure that regardless of what happens on the show, we have a kind of a more balanced uh, report out uh, for you guys. There's some exceptions, like the Opus X. I can't afford to be smoking (laughs) a whole bunch of those. Sorry, honey. I have to do it for the show. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we are here surrounded by our burn line accoutrement. I've got our custom Burlwood ashtray and cigar holder, our uh, golden Phantom of the Opera cigar smoking Johnny Midas statue. We've got this care package from Fat Boys. Can't wait to break into that. Our uh, gourmet Bantam coffee. Uh, this awesome looking rum. Yeah, and it better be because it was kind of expensive. Yeah, uh, and we're gonna kind of talk about the Dominican Republic and you know these delicious vices that we're about to enjoy. You know, so I think it is time to clip this cigar. Let's go. Uh, I have got my double guillotine closed back Perdomo, and you've got something similar from Drew Estate. And the official cutting is brought to you by Fat Boy Cigars. The bold and delicious flavors of premium hand-selected tobacco leaves are highlighted in the original Jacked Cigar by Fat Boys Cigars. And don't forget to try the Fat Boys Cigars Boots on the Ground series. For every cigar you purchase in this series, Fat Boys Cigars will donate $1 to charities benefiting our frontline heroes. Fat Boys Cigars, welcome to the Fat Boys world. And three, two, one. And we remind you, as always, to... Clip that cigar with authority. No limp-wristed cutting allowed. Now we're just going to pack the pack the cap, the part that we're putting in our mouth. Get that loose tobacco out. Dude, that's so cool. When I see like that tobacco come out, I'm like, that was going to be on my tongue. You know? Yeah, that was breakfast. Yeah. Come on, yeah. man. Kind of loose compared to the last one. Last cigar we smoked. Got quite a bit more. Uh, Are you? I, I didn't get any off, off this one. Oh yeah? There was like nothing. Did you actually clip it? Oh, you forgot to clip it. That's why. You're just tapping the cap. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even a, this is a chocolate bar. It's not a cigar. <laughs> All right. That looks great. Mm-hmm. It does. It really does. Okay. Oh, I'm going to light with this. I brought my uh, electrician's torch in. So this is a 90 degree butane torch that I use for like heat shrink and stuff. And uh, watch out. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's pretty. Is the tank big? Um, I don't know how big the tank is. It's just, it's hard to tell because it doesn't have a. Does it run out of fuel pretty quick? Because, I mean, it's oh, a, no. that's a pretty powerful. I've never refilled it in like two years. What? Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I'm not an electrician for a living, so I don't use it that often. But I thought it was cool. Uh, it's very precise. Yeah. All right. So we are toasting these cigars up. 
And we remind you, as always, toasted, not roasted. Maximize your cigar smoking enjoyment by gently toasting the cigar. Or you could just stick the end in a fucking charcoal furnace and call it a day. Man, I hate that. Look. Look at my cherry. Look, some parts aren't. When you miss the one millimeter that's right on the side. Yeah. Yes. That's the worst. Yeah, because then the if it's in the middle, it combusts pretty quick. But the touch-up is a because you're like, oh, I'm I'm yes. hitting the wrapper here, like yeah. it's, it's yeah. Oh sweet Jesus, I'm telling you, this cigar hits from the first draw if you toast it right, and uh, it is strong. If you like to uh, retro hail, you're going to definitely feel it on this one. Um, but it's it's one of those interesting cigars where I think the nicotine strength is like mid full. I think the body is full, but uh, it's also like smooth. Oh, wow. So it kind of like sneaks up on you. Does that make Cuban sense? Cuban seed Brazilian wrapper. Yeah. So there's, we do Matafina. We've talked about Matafina, I think. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about Arapiraca. Arapiraca. Oh. And, but I've never, this is a weird. I don't know what that means. Cuban seed uh, yeah. Brazilian. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Right. Well. We don't know what the difference between Matafina, Arapiraca, and Cuban seed Brazilian are. Well, because when they say Cuban seed, what they mean is someone smuggled seeds out of Cuba. Correct. And they planted them in Brazil. Correct. But what seeds? You know, like, yeah. it's, there's it's, a lot of different tobacco types. It's like, yeah, I mean, I guess like it's a Criojo. It's one one seed now, Criojo. Criollo and Corojo. Best hybrid ever. Yeah, Criojo. <laughs> the Criojo. We just invented that. Yeah. Patented and copyright Burnline yeah. Podcast. You're, yeah. wel- you're welcome, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, that, and, and honestly, like, I don't mean this in a, a negative way, but it's definitely a marketing thing in the cigar industry to say Cuban seed. Yeah. Right? Like, You'll see Cuban seed fill in the blank, you know, Cuban seed Nicaraguan. It's like, yeah, the seeds came over 40 years ago. Right. So this is the 400th generation (laughs) of. Yeah. And it's been hybridized, you know, so that's why I say I don't know what it means. It's like. Well, I think that's why uh, Aladino and JRE, uh, Julio and Justo Eroa have kind of this claim to the original Cuban seed where they like have Mm -hmm. unhybridized it. Yeah. um, Which is really interesting, I think. Um, and I, I really like their... I like their cigars. Yeah, their cigars are good. Aladino's yeah. cigars are good. Um, we haven't done one. We should do one. We should do an Aladino and an Iroa. Um What's the one with like the dark red band? I think it's dark red and silver. Yeah, I know exactly what that... Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it's, it's good. like the Corojo Reserve or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. But we are smoking the San Lotano Dominicano. This is a 5x50 Robusto... Um, Collaboration between AJ and Hochi. And uh, so I'll say like the, I guess, what am I, a quarter of an inch in. So we just started smoking this, but talking about the flavor, definitely strong. So it, it kind of, it's kind of uh, like peppery on the palate, um, a lot of earth tones, um, but also it's got this smooth, like, um, if you, you know how they sell those big tubs of mixed roasted unsalted nuts like for the holidays you can get the salted ones too but i always get unsalted yeah i feel like if you put that in a blender Mm -hmm. the paste that came out it's like a nut paste okay like there's some flavor of that like it's not a specific nut 
yep. that I'm tasting. Yeah, you know, it's not. Oh, this is black walnut. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's it's like nutty and buttery at the same time. Nut nut paste. Nut, nut paste is nut a new butter. one. <laughs> nut nut paste is a new one. So uh, I'm actually I'm really curious to see how this is going to pair with the rum mm-hmm. because I know that I have also a bottle of rum with me. Um, that's uh, St. Kitts, I think, which is mm-hmm. just a, an island in the Caribbean. Um, so not Dominican rum, but the, the one I have is sweet. It has notes of vanilla. Right. And uh, and so like I think that's going to go really well with this because there's not a whole lot of sweetness on this cigar. Mm-hmm. It's very savory bitter yeah. type. Yeah. Yeah. This is which like, is probably why I like it so much. This is like this cigar is like meat and potatoes. There's yeah. no yeah. Like this isn't candy yams, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm surprised how, uh, you know, for a, for a cigar like this with notes of primarily like earth and pepper and spice and nuts, it's very smooth and like they fit together really well. That's the thing is it's not bitey. Yeah, it's not bitey. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know. You smoke the cigar and the cigar smokes you <laughs> like this one. This one's like very much a very, very tame version of. Yeah. But the flavors are so bold, expressive. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing this thing right now. I'm pulling the smoke back into the very back of my palate and rolling it around with the back of my tongue because some of your like the, the bitter taste buds are kind of on the sides near the back of your tongue. And then I'm pushing out a little bit retrohale and a little bit through my mouth. And you can really play around with this smoke. It's really good. It's not not so strong you can't do that. And I was actually thinking of um I was thinking of the Padron. Like that was one where, you know, it was strong enough that when I started doing that sort of thing, you know, my nose hairs start singeing, you know, start feeling like I, I'm about to sneeze kind of thing. I'm not really getting that with this cigar. You think it's a cooler? Um, maybe. Yeah. It, it it has a cooler effect. I don't know. But I know what you're saying. It's not... That retro hair is not like spicy attack. It's not hurting. Yeah. yeah. It's not hurting. Wow. So great flavor off of this. And yes, I bought a whole box of these. Of which I have like five left. Um, all right. So... This is a Brazilian Cuban seed wrapper. The binder is Dominican. The filler is Nicaraguan and Dominican. So this is kind of cool. All of the Nicaraguan tobacco in this cigar is from AJ's Farms, and all of the Dominican is from Hochi's Farms, and the cigar is made in Hochi's Dominican factory. Tobacco Lera Palma. Tobacco Lera Palma. If you're familiar with uh, La Galera. Yeah, yeah. That's where, um, that's where they make this stuff. La Galera is Hochi's brand. Yes. Also, you will notice that it has a Brazilian wrapper. And we mentioned this in the Opus X episode. There are very few Dominican Puros, and the Opus X might be the only one right now. Yeah. I think it's the only one. Because that wrapper, man. Yeah. So, um, and we'll talk about this when we talk about, like, Dominican tobacco. So we're going to jump into that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of why that is. Um, so I just thought it was interesting to tie that in, you know, to the... Opus episode. So we've got this care package from Fat Boy Cigars. Now this is a cool sponsor hooking us up. Dude. And uh, I'm guessing there's cigars in here. We're about to find out. 
So this is like a, since you guys are on, on audio, this is like a two and a half inch by five inch by nine inch cardboard box. It's like a little high school football. Like a little high school football. Yeah. It's got this awesome, so Fat Boys has got this packing tape. I love the tape. And yeah, and it's custom. Yeah. So it's, it's black. It's got the FBC uh, letters and crown logo. Super cool. Like, you know, as soon as this shows up in your mailbox or on your porch or whatever, like, I know it's in that box. Oh, I could spot it from a mile away. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're going to make them super popular on this podcast. And and then you're going to have porch pirates just looking for that (laughs) FBC tape. Like, ah, free cigars. I mean, Amazon, you might have like toenail fungus treatment. But if it's got the FBC tape, you know you're getting something good, right? Yeah, it's some, some sweet and delicious swag. Oh, yeah. So we're popping this open. Got some packing paper in here. Oh, this looks like cigars. I could, oh, yeah. I could do some. I could do shipping tips. It looks like. I mean, it looks like they did a wonderful job packing and shipping the cigar. Absolutely. We'll talk about that in a future episode about how to pack and ship your cigar. And Fat Boys nailed it. So the cigars are wrapped in uh, tissue paper. It's also the black color, mm-hmm. like Fat Boys, mm-hmm. and then it's wrapped in bubble wrap. And then there's paper to absorb impact around that. Yep. So. A great packaging job. And oh, a little note on there. Thanks for all you guys do. We look forward to the podcast. Please enjoy the thin red line. Woo! Oh, wow. Let's take a look. I've been jonesing for this one. All right. I am just carefully opening this so that I don't uh, destroy the cigars. Let's get some of that rustle on the little ASMR for our listeners. There we go. Look at that. So inside, oh man, inside the paper is a Ziploc bag with a Boveda pack. Essential. I mean, they nailed it. It's just the little details. It's yeah. just the little details, right? Well, it's from people that know cigars. Exactly. That, that's the difference. Exactly. This isn't some seven twenty-five, you know, person in a warehouse chucking cigars from three feet across the room into an open box. Yeah, dude. Know, dude's fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes away from clocking out, and he's ready right, to go. Right. There you go. Thank you, my friend. All right. That is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. So, and, and they say Bahique-esque, and it is. Like, even the, the little clipped pigtail yep. at the top. 656, I think, is the... 656, nice Maduro wrapper. It's got, uh, it's got cello. You know, I'm a fan of cello for keeping the cigar clean and the humidity uh, managed. And then around it is a uh, black cotton thread. It is holding on this tag that says Fat Boy Cigars, Boots on the Ground Series, Thin Red Line. It is a black tag with a red line uh, with white text. Uh, great branding. Love it. I apologize. Six and a half by 56. Six and a half by 56. Yep. Okay. That looks juicy. It, Can't dude, wait to smoke it that. It looks really good. Can't wait to smoke that. Thank you, Fat Boys. What a great partnership. And we appreciate you sending these smokes. We are going to enjoy them, and uh, I mentioned this on the like collectible cigars series we were, we were talking about on the podcast. If you want to collect cigars, start with the Boots on the Ground series from Fat Boy Cigars. Yeah, MSRP of like seven fifty. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of damn tobacco, and the cigars are delicious. And the cause is, and the cause is great. Yeah, it's not going to some corporation making millions of cigars a year. Right, you know, right. they're we're, they're donating money to 
um, you know, charities appropriate to the the reference, right? So the thin red line references. So yes, a dollar to the Fallen Firefighters Fund. Yep. For every cigar that you purchase in the thin red line. Yep. So that's just super cool. Love the uh, the cause and donating back to the community, that sort of thing. Wait, I got to show you this. All right, we're we have to smoke this one too. The I think the last one in the series that they just released is called the Patriot. It is a barber pole torpedo. Ooh, yeah, yeah. The final boots on the ground. Yeah. Oh, I like the white ribbon around the around the foot. The footband. It looks awesome. That yeah. does look awesome. Yeah, it looks really good with the white thread. Yep. Awesome. So thanks for the care package. Anybody else out there that wants to send us cigars, feel free. We are taking uh, and accepting all cigar packages. Um, all right. So I forget, but uh, I saw on their socials as well, they donated, it was like 200 bucks or something. Oh, yeah. The last, last charity. Let me f- find it real quick. All right. I just got a text. My barber had an emergency. He can't see me later today. Oh, no, no. So you're going to continue to look scraggly for a while. Yes, sir. It looks like I'm shaving my head in my bathtub again. (laughs) Um, Let me find this message from C and G. Hey, how many unburned messages? Oh, Jesus. No, I keep up with my. Do you? Yeah. They, uh, they, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. We raised almost 200 bucks. That was donated to Fallen Firefighters Charity. And that's from the Thin Red Line. That is amazing. Yeah, that's I mean awesome. that's incredible. Just through cigars. Just through cigars. Like it's not. This is not. There's no corporate donation. Everybody. Like, everybody benefits. Yeah. You get an amazing cigar, right? They're selling cigars, and we're supporting fallen firefighters. That's awesome. Other socials. So uh, we had a couple of uh, couple of comments on the podcast. So. Fans have responded to your Q&A, podcasters for Spotify. So the uh, Bricktoberfest 2023, got a couple of comments on there. Sounds like a winner. Would love to see paired with a good German beer. Thank you, sir. And uh, awesome info. I had, a couple, I had a couple people come up to me this week, too, and say, hey, <laughs> you guys maybe want to try that cigar. Nice. Yeah. So nice. A couple folks. Yeah. In person came up to me and said that. That's pretty cool. You know, stopped me in the grocery store and on the street and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, you're Nick from Murnheim. (laughs) I recognize the voice. The dulcet tones of Nicholas McCann, CRT. All right. So we are smoking the San Latano Dominicano AJ and Hochi. And you might notice if you're listening... Nick, you're obviously listening because you're trapped in this uh, smoky back room with me. Tied, tied to the chair. Tied to the chair. Don't tell anybody. Jeez, man. Usually he has to pay for that. Um, but I will mention the cigar we're smoking fairly frequently on the podcast. And I, I do that because I have listened to other cigar podcasts and I skip around. I don't necessarily listen straight through, especially the ones that are ungodly long, like two hours and stuff. Um, and half the time, I don't know what they're smoking. Like, they'll light it up and say something at the beginning. And then, like, halfway through, they'll be like, this is delicious. Notes of toasted walnut. You know? And then the rest of it is, like, something else. And we do a lot of something else, too. But I don't want to lose sight of the actual stick we're smoking, which is a really good stick. Yeah, and I think that's the focus that we 
we've kind of talked about and, and wanted to emphasize on the show is that it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the, you know, the cigar we picked for the episode and it's about the cigar that, you know, you know, we're talking about. So why not make it about that? The cigar. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> because, uh, at the end of the day, like the folks that are, are listening may or may not enjoy the conversations that we have or, you know, our thoughts on certain topics, but like they can sit back, shut the podcast off. And try the cigar. Yeah, so. exactly. Skip to the end, see our rating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Compare it. Fucking shit on us. Don't do that, everybody. <laughs> Listen to the whole thing. And don't forget to rate and review. And if you want to engage with the podcast, um, you can, of course, connect with us on all the socials. We are at Burnline Podcast, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, whatever the hell it's called nowadays. All of that stuff. And you can email us, burnlinepodcast at gmail.com. We've gotten a few emails, a few... Uh, Direct messages on Instagram. Uh, thanks to you guys that have reached out. But this is your show. If you want us to address a specific topic or talk about a certain thing, uh, please drop us a line, and we would be happy to answer your questions, take your ribbing or advice. Uh, we just want to get better and make this a better product for you. So thank you, everybody that is involved and engaged with your podcast. Burnline Podcast, uncommon cigar knowledge for the common person. Burnline merch coming soon. Burnline merch coming soon. And uh, I will say that I'm like an inch in now. Great burn, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's gotten stronger. Mm-hmm. So it is now singeing my nose hairs when I do the retro hill. Rum? Oh, yeah. You want some rum? Oh, yeah. The rum's gone. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to do my Johnny Depp. You, <laughs> how old were you when Pirates of the Caribbean came out? You don't have to answer that question, but... You were not a kid. 45. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so I have got this Brugal Dublamente Añejaro 1888 um, Grand Reserva. And unfortunately, this is audio only because this is a beautiful bottle. It is. Um, very it looks like dark. a classic pirate bottle. You know, it's not like a fancy bottle. It's like the old-fashioned um, bottle. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, no, like, no. I actually t- like the shape of the bottle. The shape yeah. of the bottle. Yeah, yeah. And this then, isn't like an angel's envy type, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this yeah. is just like the classic cylindrical. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, the fire hydrant bottle. Right. You know, and it's got gold uh, text on the front. It's kind of funny because the front of the bottle almost looks like the back of a bottle. You know, it's got like a bunch of text and stuff. Like all the disclaimers, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then on the back, there's just a, a tiny sticker that has like the you know, don't drink and drive shit on it. And then uh, <laughs> it is wrapped in a, like a fishnet looking thing. Yeah. So, all right. So I just, if I may, um, all right. So close your eyes. Okay. It's 1797 and you just pissed off uh, the British government. Okay. And you're sailing the high seas now because you have no other choice. Okay. And, uh, and all of a sudden you see something floating up to your, your ship, your boat. Yep. And it's a bottle, but the bottle got caught in something. Yeah. Something got tangled up up right around that bottle. It's a fishing net. It's a fishing net. But there's rum inside the bottle. That's what this looks like. Yes. That is what this looks like. Yep. It looks like it floated through the sea. And when you think of like a message in a bottle, what that bottle looks like, that's what this bottle looks like. Exactly. Yeah. So it's got a uh, black wax seal. So I'm pulling the tab on that. Popping that open, and let's pull this stopper. It's a classic uh, cork stopper with the wood top on it. 
looks like plastic top um, sealed with that black wax. Pretty cool. Pretty cool looking. All right. And let's go ahead and pour some of this delicious nectar of the gods out. Oh, that's awesome. The thick, the thickness of the neck and the head of this bottle yeah. is also reminds me of an old-fashioned bottle. Yep. Yeah. It pours great, too. Like, the bottle doesn't spill around and stuff. Super dark. This rum is very dark. This is a dark rum, and it's got legs, man. It's almost syrupy. All right. Mouth open, nose in. Hmm. I'm not smelling much. I know. It's really not odorous at all. Yeah, it's a little flat. Like, there's no... Where that alcohol, like, stabs you in the What a, What ABV is this? Mm. Or, uh... 40%. So, it's 80 proof. Is that standard? Is that standard for standard rum as well? Yeah, yeah pretty much everything for... on, the, on the shelf, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and take a sip. Whoa. That's different. <clears throat> so first of all, this is not sweet rum. It is not. This is a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Wow. Okay, that's different. First time I've had this rum, by the way. And it is Dominican. This is the Dominican episode. Dominican. Yeah, this is... Wow, that's really interesting. Um, it's almost as... You're right. There's absolutely no sweetness. And it's, it kind of matches the... Same energy of the cigar with that. It's kind of weird. I wonder if these are going to clash. It's very... It reminds me... Yeah, This rum right. is very meat and potatoes as well. Yeah. Like, you're right. It, it matches the energy. Like, so I'm missing a lot of the, like, vanilla tones and stuff that you get in some rum. Definitely has more of a bitter side to it than yep. a lot of rums. This reminds me of, like, if you had a dude that had molasses and said, I'm going to make some fucking moonshine out of that. Cool. That's what he would, this is what he would make. Like, this is, this is like alcohol first. But like not, only a little, little, little bit of molasses. Well, like, just like with, um, you know, um, brandy. It doesn't taste like wine. That's just what they use to ferment it out of. And it's, a, it's the same with this. Like, it was fermented from, but they're not trying to make it taste like molasses. They're trying to make it taste like liquor. shockingly smooth it is it really is it tastes like 40 proof yeah yeah you can't there's no alcohol bite unless you like gulp it and then suck some air down your windpipe but it's also it's also not watered down no it's not right and it's it's like syrupy look at the legs on i know yeah i'm 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 with you oh my gosh like that's like that's incredible cabernet legs yeah on that yeah is it did that turn to hail outside? Is it hailing now? I think it's hailing. Welcome to Pennsylvania. So what are we? Are we South Central? We're just, we're, we're just South? I think this is South Central. Yeah. I think so. I mean, we're like, what, two hours from Philly? Philly's east. Two and a half from here to Philly, an hour and a half-ish to D.C., Two hours to Pittsburgh, three hours to Pittsburgh. Three hours to Pittsburgh, hour and a half to Baltimore. Yeah. So South Central. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mid-Atlantic region. Something happened in this town. Four normal seasons. So I got this feeling that something happened in this town. Gettysburg. Yeah. It's got like the weight of history about it. I don't know. 
I heard. I have to look that up online. Someone, I heard someone walking by, and they were saying something the other day about probably something unimportant. I don't know. I guess some people fought here or something. I don't know. I'm sure it was of no consequence. Had no bearing on world history whatsoever. Okay, so we've got this rum. I mean, I, it kind of sucks because I want to. I want to do these separate. Like, I want an episode on the rum because it's so interesting. I mean, it was just a lot to unpack in the rum. So, talk to me about. Talk to me about what happens. Right when you open the bottle versus like when you get past the neck, because I've heard that discussion kind of thrown around where it's like it changes a little bit, like when when the oxygen gets in there and mixes. With yeah, the- yeah. Um, so he, here's my take on that, and I want to be as as charitable as possible. Um, I am uh, really I'm I'm in this business to help other people maximize their enjoyment of vice. Right? Cigars are awesome, and you know, we try to be approachable to everybody. We're not snobby and, and we make a point of not being snobby, but we do have taste, right? And fairly well-developed palates. Um, you know, I also cook, uh, quite well, actually, uh, I'll make a Wellington for Christmas. You'll love it. Um, you know, and, and so my, my palate's fairly well-developed and it, so the, the short version is, I can call bullshit on a lot of bullshit in these industries. Yeah. You know, I taste notes of the moon landing combined with mercury and retrograde. You know, it's like, n- no, you, you're smelling smoke, you fucking asshole. You know, um, so it to me, it's similar with the whiskey discussion where, yes, sometimes I'll open a bottle and as it breathes, I guess, um, the alcohol starts to evaporate. Yeah. And it collects above the whiskey under the stopper. Okay. And and can slightly change your perception and experience. Um but it's just it's not enough okay. to me to be meaningful. I gotcha. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like the difference between if you have uh, a Keurig versus a automatic drip coffee. Is there a difference? Yes. Like, I can taste a difference, but it's not enough to be meaningful. Like the difference between an automatic drip coffee and a pour-over. That's a meaningful difference. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. It, it sure does. I, uh, <clears throat> I was just mostly curious. People have... I've heard people reference that before. Mm-hmm. And I've actually... I had one experience where um, it was a bottle of a pretty well-known bourbon. Um, and I opened it, and it was, like, not great to me um, immediately in that moment. And then three, four weeks later, like I, I went back to it and I enjoyed it a lot more. And my taste buds had changed. Well, I just think that, I think that like mood is a big thing too. Oh, absolutely. Right. So, well, I'll say this about this bottle to be fair. This is cold, right? This is probably 65 degrees, right? So I'm holding mine in my hand. I'm going to absorb some warmth through my hand. Yeah. See if that opens up. You know, some spice and stuff. That's what you do with brandy. And it does make a difference. You know, I don't use a brandy warmer. I just use my glasses are designed to absorb the heat from the hand. Um, and that might make a difference. If you warm up rum, it does taste different. So, Is it supposed to be served uh, room temperature? Rum? Yeah. I mean, historically, like with, with most of your whiskeys, 
you know how it's supposed to be served based on when it was made or invented, right? Because of what they had. So scotch, for example, they'll tell you, put a few drops of cold water in it if you need to. Why? Well, they didn't have an ice trade, but they did have fucking cold rivers in Scotland. Yeah, I was going to say. You know? Yeah. And so when they were first inventing it, it was around what they had. Right. Now you get to bourbon. They had a booming ice trade at the time. And so when they first came out with these recipes, a lot of them were designed to put on rocks, right? Uh, bourbon, in general, serves over rocks much better mm-hmm. than a scotch does. Mm-hmm. Um, with rum, there was no ice. It was the fucking Caribbean, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's typically... Put some salt water in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's typically, like, warm is, is kind of where the taste taste wheel yeah. is. I mean, it's a climate that it was invented in, and, right. yeah, you know, we're not throwing it in the refrigerator here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. So you can experiment with, you know, any whiskey, but that's what I've found to, to hold pretty true. Um, so we'll warm this up a bit. And... Uh, why don't we go ahead and do a do a pairing? I want to do the smoke shot. Smoke shot, smoke. Yeah. Okay. All right. We ready? Yeah, this is I don't know okay. how many, I don't know how many more of these I have left in me. <laughs> so so our our two uh, main methods of uh pairing cigars and liquor is to sort of take a little take a little puff enjoy the smoke, then take a little sip, enjoy the whiskey, maybe take another puff, see how they interact. The other, which we're doing today is, we can take a big mouthful of smoke, we're going to try to not exhale it, and then slam a shot of whiskey and take the smoke and whiskey down. And dramatically different, right, this when is, you tried the two? This is rum. Rum, yeah. yeah. Whatever, alcohol, liquor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Whiskey, rum, what's the difference? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. After a couple of shots, we have taste. We promise. Uh, let's say, yeah, <laughs> you should listen to us. We're we're very important and knowledgeable. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna take this rum and we're gonna do the the shot slam. All right, you ready? This is. I think this is a hard one too because you have to be careful where you put the smoke because the smoke could you could very easily swallow the smoke as well. Oh yeah, I try to. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I do. Oh, I try no. to. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking eat this cigar. All right. All right. Here we go. Woo! Look at the. Cigar smoke coming out of the rum glass. I love it. That is fucking amazing. Well, that woke the uh, rum up fast. Yeah. Didn't didn't get any more sweetness out of it. Nope. But like super barrelly to me. Yeah. Very yeah. very very, very barrelly. Yeah. Very oaky. This is finished in sherry casks. French sherry casks. Mm-hmm. They're like regular sherry casks, but they have a funny accent. Um. Spice, like all spice, cloves, that sort of spice. Yeah, 100%. Uh, woke that up real fast. That was actually pretty good. So I think this is an interesting pairing because, uh, first of all, I would like to try pairing this with a sweet rum. Okay. You know, to complement. Because the cigar is not super sweet, right? But these are like Bonnie and Clyde. Like the rum and the cigar like you said, have the same energy. And yeah, I think that's a do. great, great description. Yeah. Right. So the pairing is super interesting because it's like a double espresso. It's just like more of the same goodness. You know what I it's mean? It's like two sarcastic bastards hanging out. Yes. Like it's yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. You don't get, you don't compliment each other. You just get more sarcastic. Right, right. You know? Which one's going to break first? <laughs> right, right. All right. Let me get, let me get your glass. Do you want to finish that? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, one's, this one's a little bit sweet. Briny Gold Shipwreck. Spiced rum. Hell yes. And this is, uh, says St. Kitts West Indies. So we paired the Brugal 1888 uh, with this because it's a Dominican rum. And after the break, we will talk about a Dominican cigar tobacco and the Dominican Republic. Um, now we're going to try this with a different rum that is from the West Indies and uh, see how that uh, works out for us. Now, this is 36% alcohol by volume. So kind of interesting. It's uh, only 72 proof. So I wasn't aware that you could even sell liquor that was less than 80 proof. I, I'm pretty sure, like, legally, to be called whiskey, you have to be 80 proof. But I don't know if there's rules about rum. I like this one a lot. This one just is one that I had in the house. It was given to me by someone just to try. And I, I ended up enjoying it a lot. That's good. That's good. It's super light looking. Yeah. Much lighter than the 1888. That one is very dark. The eighteen eighty is very dark. Probably from sitting in those barrels for that long. All right, I'm going to do a small sip. Yeah, let's do a small sip. Yeah, yeah, that's that sweet mm-hmm. vanilla, you know, getting drunk in college rum, for sure. Yeah, but it's not, don't do that. <laughs> it's not like that. Okay, but you got to admit. It's good. I don't know. Times have changed. When I was in college, sweet drinks were like really popular mm-hmm. like sweet liquor should we tell me about the awesome interaction i had last night with uh mr mickey's are you talking about dropping uh, jolly ranchers into zemos no chicks no <laughs> is that what he said <laughs> yes <laughs> but that is exactly what we would do in college 100 like, it was all sweet sweet alcohol like jungle juice like you yeah, just yeah. kind of cut up a bunch of fruit or put a bunch of frozen fruit in a yeah, fat you know, in like, a cooler, igloo cooler, right? <laughs> yeah. Drop cheap vodka in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, I like this rum. I think this the eighteen eighty eight is definitely. You're right. It's definitely of, of a higher quality. Yeah. Um, no, I wasn't putting down this rum. Um, more just commenting like it. It's classic sweet rum. Like you know, when you want a a sweet alcoholic drink, this is what you're thinking of. It's got the vanilla, the caramel. Um, you know, and it's sweet. The, the Brugal is not, it's just not sweet. I think like a rum and Coke with the one that we have in our glasses now mm-hmm. would be probably good, but maybe like, I'd be scared that it'd be too sweet. It would be too sweet. Yeah. yeah. I'd be scared. Sure. That's interesting. I'm going to do the puff Yeah, shot. let's do a puff okay. shot. I'm going to do puff sip, sip puff. Go for it. On, on this sweet one. You're the man. We don't want a blackened part two. Oh, God. Not in my house. <laughs> yeah, do you have something for me to puke in, mm-hmm. just in case? That's why we're outside adjacent. Right, right. We're not actually in the manor. Okay, so interestingly, I'm not sure this pairs very well. Really? I'm interested in to hear your thoughts. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So for me, the rum is too sweet, and it makes the cigar taste bitter. So... That's that's kind of the experience I had. Without the sweetness of the rum, the cigar is not sweet, but it's not really bitter. You know, it's like spicy, uh, earthy, 
um, it's got like nuts, a little bit of cocoa powder. 100% too sweet. Mm-hmm. Way too sweet. Thousand percent. There is no, there's no pairing this. There's no. Yeah, I agree. Yep, this is too sweet. Fascinating. Is, if you want to, if you have a sweet tooth and you want to smoke an acid or a dead wood with this rum. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. You're, but that's like, that's going to be sweet central. Yeah. But this is not. Yeah. I, I'm with you. All right. We found out. Yeah. Tried that one. So interesting. Yeah. Weirdly enough, like this, this cigar goes better with something that is. Uh, In its orbit. Yeah. Adjacent. R- rather than yeah. opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And that's why we do these uh, pairings, suffering through the vices so that you don't have to. And uh, with that, I think it is time for a break. Don't go away. Keep your dial locked into Burnline Podcast. We will be right back. And we are back on Burnline Podcast. You are listening to the dulcet tones of Johnny Midas and Nick the Brick McCann. So we wanted to talk about uh, the Dominican Republic and growing tobacco there. Um, so in terms of export volume, uh, Nicaragua is number one. Uh, Dominican Republic is number two. Uh, a lot of people think that Dominican Republic is, you know, where some of the best cigars in the world come from. Um, and with good reason, you know, they've got Davidoff and... Fuente. Uh, Fuente. Um, La Galera, like we talked about. La Aurora is the oldest factory in the Dominican. Yep, yep. Um, um, Altidus has a outpost there. And they uh, they were the first stop. Exactly. When, you know, the exodus happened from Cuba. Right. Uh, got in the game early. Um, so, we had talked about... Nicaragua a few episodes back and some regions and and valleys and they've done really good I think with the marketing around that Um, Dominican Republic is a little bit different so for starters the Dominican Republic is an island or half an island and it is 500 miles away from Cuba which is not that far I mean it's far enough like 500 miles from here you're in like the frozen north or like the hot south you know so yeah, Georgia. Yeah, like it's it's not uh, it's not that close, but it's it's not due east of Cuba. It's southeast. Well, the thing is, a lot of the land, I'm you know air quoting land between Cuba and the Dominican Republic is not land. Right. You know, it's like it's it's a it's an ocean. It's water. Yeah. yeah. So, but the point is, it's kind of close. So, if you were going to pick a place to relocate. It, you might pick Dominican Republic, you know, it's got, uh, it's an island, it's similar latitude, you know, latitude is important for growing, yeah. you know, um, you've got the same influence from the ocean and the salt spray and stuff like that, so that's the uh, Dominican Republic, and I love that ash on your cigar, what is that, an inch and a half long? Yeah, I mean, you know my ammo, I don't, yeah, you haven't, haven't ashed yet. Uh-uh. It's getting to the first band, the will that... Secondary mm-hmm. band, but the the bottom most band. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these growers too, they rely on valleys, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, and like you know mountains surrounding valleys, and then the valleys themselves. The valleys are they kind of the end microbiome. up microbiome. Yeah, yeah. The valleys kind of end up as mineral deposits. Yep. For um, it's really conducive for growing, you know, rich crops, whatever it may be. Um, especially when, you know, when the rainfall is kind of all the minerals come down from the, from the mountains. Um, and so the Dominican fits that bill as well. Right. So unlike, uh, Nicaragua, the Dominican Republic really only has one valley tobacco region, which is the Chibao or Cibao Valley. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Um, and then within that is a sub valley, the Yaque Valley, which is where a lot of your premium tobacco comes from. Um, and then... The way that it's kind of different from Nicaragua is there's a lot of tobacco villages in the valley, and they all have unique characteristics. Mm. Um, now, it's it's unclear if the villages started first and then the growing, or if they found a place where they really liked the crops and started a village around it. Um, but there's Villa Gonzalez, Navarrete, Hacagua. Um, you know, these are some of the villages where the tobacco grown around them is different from the next village, right? So the the layout and logistics is a little bit different from Nicaragua where the different valleys and regions are famous uh, for their differences. In this one, it's kind of all one valley, uh, but within the valley, apparently different alluvial uh, deposits created, different growing conditions. Um, and then, of course, that is taken advantage of by cigar growers and scientists who, you know, develop and hybridize seeds to take advantage of the soil being used, Ma- et cetera. Match the, match the environment. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, if, if the, if the soil is magnesium rich, you don't want to plant a tobacco there that's magnesium adverse, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, yeah. just as an example, it's yeah. not a good example, but it is, it is an example. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so this is probably why. Dominican Republic still basically doesn't produce wrapper leaves. Mm-hmm. Is It's really all one valley. There's some differences, yeah. uh, but they're not enough to sort of overcome the natural tendencies of the soil on the island and the natural climate of the one valley. Um, so shout out to Fuente and Opus X for developing a Dominican Puro, Dominican wrapper, because apparently it's very, very hard to do. Yeah. Um, as evidenced by the the amount of Dominican wrappers in the industry and in, in the market, right, right, close to zero, close to zero, and of course, this Dominican and Nicaraguan blend has a Brazilian wrapper. Yeah, so, I mean, they just said, they just said, nope. Yeah, we're not yeah. even going to try. We're not even going to try. Which yeah. is, uh, I mean, that's great. I think, like, you know, don't force it if it's not, mm-hmm. if it's not there, don't force it. Um, and like the the binder and the fillers are 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 equally as excellent. Right, um, but obviously the wrapper is the leaf that gets the wrapper is the quarterback, you know, and the binder and the filler are the are the linemen. Right, right, yeah, and uh, also you know the the way the industry works, there's some vertical integration, but for the most part, you have farms that grow tobacco, and then you know they're selling tobacco to cigar makers. So if your farm is great at producing binder and filler, that's what you're going to produce. You know, the amount of effort and money and time that it takes to develop a good wrapper leaf when you could just get it somewhere else, you know, is cost prohibitive. Why the Opus X is expensive, you know, what right. one reason why it's expensive, right? Um, so, uh, I mean, that's 
kind of it. I mean, I could go into Dominican Republic a little bit more, um, you know, talk about some of the uh, anchor towns and stuff like that. But from a cigar consumer standpoint and being knowledgeable uh, about where your tobacco comes from, it's basically one valley. And the sub valley of Yaque is, you know, the hot spot for premium tobacco. Um, and that's why Dominican tobacco is different from Nicaragua. And the Dominican is really, if you want to get your toes wet in, you know, I'll call it tobacco tourism. Um, Dominican is the place to start. Yeah. Um, yeah. going to Central America is a little more advanced. Yeah. You're going much further away. You know, you're landlocked there. Um, but the Dominican is kind of that entry level, like flying to Santiago, um, you know, or Santo Domingo and, and, and travel to, you know, the, the myriad of great factories and great places down there, um, that they have, you know, I forgot to mention DBL. DBL is an awesome factory that, you know, Francisco obviously is Dominican based. Um, but I also hear a lot of, uh, a lot of folks that have gone to the Dominican, they say like on every corner, someone's rolling a cigar. Right. Especially right. in the, the highly populated areas, which is another awesome thing. Um, because I guess at the end of the day, when we get the product, the cigar product right in the box that comes from, you know, through the port of Miami and then shipped up to, you know, whatever warehouse and then shipped out to the distributor and then shipped to your house or shipped to your retailer and then from your retailer to you, you know, but these guys are, they harvested the tobacco and it's, you know, it's moving a couple miles from harvest to roll and they're rolling it you know, right then and there. And it's super fresh. It's just a different experience. Right. Now, from a geography standpoint, uh, Cuba's land mass is a little bit larger than Nicaragua. The cigar-growing regions in Cuba are smaller than the cigar regions in Nicaragua, and Dominican Republic is smaller than both, and the tobacco-growing region is smaller than both. Um, If you're not familiar... With your map, I would uh, encourage you to look at it. But you've got Florida that sticks out at the bottom of the U.S., right? So south of Florida is Cuba, and it's surprisingly large. It's It's skinny. 90 miles off the the tip of Key West or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's long and skinny. So it's like half as wide as Florida, but like almost as long. Um, To the right, just 40 miles away or whatever, is... Haiti, which is the other half of Dominican Republic. Yeah, so they're they're on the same island. Same island, And it's kind of split. It's split almost down the middle. Yeah. Where Haiti inhabits the left. Yeah, the western. Yes, and Dominican Republic inhabits the eastern side. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then, again, traveling basically southeast, south by southeast, is Puerto Rico. And Jamaica is due south of Cuba. So, and then the Bahamas is a string of islands that kind of... Kind of goes from the southwest tip of Florida, uh, almost due southwest chain of islands, almost to the Dominican Republic. Um, so look it up on a map if you're interested. It's pretty cool. Um, and then, so h- here you can see like Nicaragua and Dominican Republic like next to each other on the map. Um, so that one is Nicaragua. The one with the big lake in it, like we talked about. So you can see it's a lot bigger than it's, the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which is, I mean, it's going to, it's going to yield more, um, surface area to grow tobacco. Yeah. And the, the three main regions of Nicaragua are, are really significantly different. Whereas in the Dominican Republic, you kind of only have one region. It's just nuance at that point. Sure. But Dominican Republic continues to produce some of the best tobacco in the world and great cigars made with uh, Dominican tobacco. And of course you have uh, Fuente, you know, probably my favorite uh, cigar. Um, and you've got uh, Davidoff, who's, you know, that's a famous high-end mm-hmm. cigar. They're both uh, Dominican companies. Yep. Um, and some other great cigars. Uh, DBL is headquartered in uh, Dominican Republic. Um, and then just a you know, reminder that your Dominican uh, cigar companies, you know, they're not making puros, just like the Nicaraguans and everything else. So there is that whole structure of the industry thing where uh, you've got growers and you've got the uh, fermenters and agers and the barns and all of that. And then you have the rollers and the factories and uh, tobacco changes hands and travels across ocean and all of that stuff. So, yeah. And that's, I think that's why uh, <clears throat> those folks that are rolling tobacco, you know, in, in, in the major cities of Santiago and Santo Domingo, um, I don't know. I, I'm hard pressed to think that they imported that from Nicaragua. Like I'm pretty sure they just took it from the, you know, the curing barn, right, thirty miles away, right. and brought it to the, you know, the town square and is ro- rolling that. And that's I think it's you know, I think that's why that is such a unique experience. Yeah, know, um, to yeah. get the kind of like, you know, firsthand. Didn't have to go through any customs or anything like that. Yeah. Like that. Like this is, I'm smoking the cigar on the island it was grown in. Right. Yeah. It's pretty freaking cool. And while we're on the topic, if you go to Dominican Republic, there's plenty of Dominican Pudos that are like not retail production cigars where the locals are just rolling up tobacco and smoking it. Um, And so if you go there on tobacco tourism, uh, definitely try that stuff. You know, try what the locals are smoking and stuff. Some of it is really interesting. Some of it is really not very good. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But but it's always interesting. So, all right. Um. How about Cigar News? Have we got any news this week? Nicholas McCann, CRT. Cigar News. Here is your host, Nicholas McCann. We do have some. It's uh, mostly um, new releases and shipping news. Uh, Ferry Otego, which we have an episode about. Yep. Um, is shipping their annual release, the Elegancia and the Generoso, uh, later this month. Um, which is awesome. The Generoso is strong, uh, sun-grown Habano-looking wrapper, and the Elegancia is a very nice, creamy Connecticut. So two really good cigars. Um, All Saints uh, shipped the Solamente, which is a new blend for them um, that just shipped. Yeah, the uh, All Saints, they've got the St. Francis. That one was pretty good. Yeah, All Saints is good. And we also talked about them because... In in another news, a couple months ago, because Mickey Peg went to McAuliffe, mm-hmm. and so uh, All Saints and McAuliffe entered into an agreement. HVC Black Friday, twenty twenty three, shipping later this month. Getting ready for Black Friday. That awesome, <laughs> that awesome American holiday, Black Friday. Um, it's not nearly as dark as it sounds. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds it sounds like a like a Black Friday of eighteen ninety eight. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh God, what happened? 
No, it got its name because traditionally that's when retailers enter the black in their red sheet. So it, in in your books, if you're a retailer, you're in the red up until like Thanksgiving and then you're making money, which totally sucks. Yeah. Hashtag late stage capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's why it's Black Friday. You're in the black ink. In other words, you're making money now. So artificial, artificial money made yeah. by artificial holidays. Right. Yeah. And the holiday in the U.S. is basically all the retailers put stuff on sale. Mm-hmm. So I read a, a pretty good article. You know, I uh, basically read um, like independent news and stuff to get sort of real information. And there's a couple of good ones in the finance and economics sector. And they were talking about how uh, the SEC is actually investigating Amazon because the majority of their retailers, so not everybody that's on Amazon is Amazon. You know, people can sell on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, the majority of them are marking their prices up somewhere like 30% in the month prior to Black Friday. And then they're dropping the sale price down oh. like above where it was before. Right. Um, so it looks like it's on sale, but inflation's hitting everybody. So yeah, I mean that's that's always an interesting phenomenon, right? Where like, you know, you see the big discount rack, but it's mm-hmm. like, all right, I know they say it's discounted, but are they really just selling it for what they would have sold it for anyway? Right. Well, this particular publication tracks prices mm-hmm. over time, mm-hmm. and so they can just show you the graph and yeah. be like, "This is bullshit." Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, um, Aladino shipped a, a new Sumatran blend. Nice. It's just, just kind of a. A non non legal newsweek, just a bunch of kind of yeah. new cigars shipping out. So, not a fan of Sumatran tobacco, but that's just me. <laughs> All right, so uh, thank you for that cigar news. I think it is time to rank this cigar, and it uh, it burns surprisingly long. What are we halfway done with it? It yeah yeah this one this was a slow burn, man. Yeah, for a five by fifty, I mean you're you're getting an hour and a half smoke. It looks like out of this thing, uh, which is pretty cool. So. I think uh, final tasting notes, it definitely got spicier. Um, you know, the, the retro hail is a little more intrusive at this point. But still, like, earth, a little caramel, but not sweet caramel. Nuts, cocoa powder, you know, that bitter uh, bitter side. Uh, robust, bold flavors, and they work really well together. Yeah. It's a very cohesive flavor. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, It's not... <laughs> like almost almost devoid of sweetness yeah which is uh you know not not a bad thing at all um but it's just a kind of an interesting i don't know juxtaposition because a lot of the the rums are sweet mm-hmm. and um you know a lot of the cigars we smoke we get sweet notes off of mm-hmm. um, but this one is just it's not but it's it's very appealing and uh paired interestingly with the brugal 1888 um like I said, it was kind of more of the same. So amplification, not complementation. Um, but the sweet rum just really clashed with it. Yeah. So yep. I would say whatever your parent, like black coffee pairs great with this. Really good. Um, I think sweet coffee might not. Um, for whatever reason, the sweetness in the rum just made the cigar taste like vegetable bitter uh, to me. So there you go on the pairing notes. And I think it is time to rank this cigar. As usual, we are ranking presentation, price, construction, flavor, and experience on a scale of 1 to 10 for a final score of 0 to 50. To set ourselves apart from all of the 0 to 100 scales out there, um, 
Nick, we start with presentation. So what do you think about the presentation on this cigar? Uh, I like the deep blue a lot, which we talked yeah. about. Um, the box is awesome. Um, really, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take points off because of your interesting the the note you made earlier about well, if this is a San Latano, why do we need to put AJ's name on it? Right. This is right. this is an AJ Coraline product. Yeah, it uh, better be AJ. Right. Either either every cigar that AJ makes has AJ's name on it, or none of them do. Or the the other cigars don't have AJ. Well, to be fair, the secondary band always says AJ on it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think I think to note the collaboration is is interesting. It's cool. Um, AJ and Hochi. If you're not like in the in the know, it kind of doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, AJ's kind of a few tiers ahead of Hochi in terms of popularity and notoriety. Also, Hochi is spelled with a J. Yes. So I can imagine plenty of people rolling into the shop like, who's this AJ Jochi guy? You know. Yep. Which makes it hard to identify. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I liked it. It, it. I'll give it an eight. Eight from Nick. I've got a nine for presentation. Um, I think the box is gorgeous. Just drop dead gorgeous. And for a cigar that retails for 850 is the MSRP on this 5x50 Robusto. I don't expect that level of attention to be put into the box. The band as well, gorgeous. Um, and the cigar itself, really interesting looking. Grabs your attention. It's good looking. Um, you know, there's nothing that like stands out about it where you're like, oh, wait, what? That's different. But it's also not just plain and ignorable. Um, I love the texture. It's got that sort of fuzzy texture that you associate with high-end cigars. Um, and that's why I've given it a nine, so... I think there's also good continuity with the other San Latano designs and branding. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it fits in. It stands out with that blue. It's a new color, but it fits in as well. So, all right. How about price at uh, eight fifty for this five by fifty robusto? That we're an hour into the podcast and we're only halfway done with the cigar. Um, pretty incredible, actually. Uh, I give it a nine. I mean, it, this is just a, a knockout. This is, you know, a couple of steps away from being a, you know, a, you know proverbial budget cigar. Yeah, yeah, um, agree. With the quality of a, you know, a high-end AJ yeah. blend. Yep, I'm with you on that. I've got a nine as well. Uh, great price. You just, you can't, I mean, 850. And, you know, I think maybe you might look at it and be like, well, it's a five by 50, you know. But it's kind of a slow burner. You yeah. Know? So you're you're getting a ton of enjoyment out of it as well. So on the value side, I mean... I'm kind of trying to find the reasons not to give it a 10. And there, there are plenty of $12.5 Robustos out there. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a high-quality uh, cigar. But I will commend AJ because uh, his Coraline stuff is super generously priced. Yes, it's very affordable. For his, for his you know, publicity and popularity, he, I mean, he could... He's a good blender. His cigars are good. Yeah, I mean, he's, you, you know, know... Yeah, he could, he could charge more. Yeah, pound pound for pound, one of the most well known names in the industry. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, could definitely leverage that into a. Don't do it, AJ. Yeah, I know you listen to our podcast. Uh, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, great value there. All right, how about construction? What have you got there? Really good, really, really good. I mean, incredible, um, incredible burn, kind of the whole way through. You saw the ash that was two inches, borderline, close to halfway. Yeah, through the cigar. Um, I mean, I got to the. Like I said, the bottom most band. 
was able to take it off and the ash was still on. Right. From, from initial light. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I love, I love stuff like that. A little bit flaky, but, you know, just kind of a byproduct of the cigar itself. Um, I, nine. Yep, that's fair. I've got a nine as well. And uh, you can see I've got a little wrinkle in the cap right there. Not a big deal. The burn line is not like ecstatic. It's burning and it burns very well. Um, I would like a little cleaner burn line on it, but I'm really, I'm really picking at straws here. So <laughs> I, I've got a nine on uh, construction. Hard to beat. Can't be dissatisfied with it. Yeah. And that brings us to flavor. So interesting flavor on this one. Um, what are your What are your thoughts there? Really interesting flavor. Uh, I mean, we touched on a lot of the notes regarding the flavor, and we we touched on you know kind of how it paired with two vastly different um, rum pairings, and um, I, I was kind of surprised at the sweet one, even though you you called it out before we even tried the sweet one. But the sweet one contrasted it way more than the, the one that was similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, I mean, the flavor was just a. It's just a very. I think I think this is an afternoon smoke. I don't think this is, in my opinion, I don't think this is bold enough to be like an after steak dinner. Right. But I think this is like if you have like a, you know, your favorite deli sandwich. And I think it's too strong for a breakfast smoke too. To yeah, as we sit, as we sit here, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't smoke this before, before yeah. breakfast. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think it's like a if you're gonna wait, you know, to have a cigar until after lunch, right? You you eat like a you know a nice Reuben or a yeah, you know a, a a ham and salami sandwich or whatever, you know. Yeah, that that afternoon smoke. I think after lunch is a really perfect spot for it. So, flavor rating. Seven. All right. Seven from Nick on flavor. I've got a seven as well. Um, good flavor, but also very niche, I think. Um, it's not going to be in everybody's wheelhouse. It doesn't pair well, I don't think. I think you got to be intentional about it. Um, so maybe less, uh, I don't know, robust than some other cigars could be. That being said, you know, I've smoked damn near a box of them. Yeah, as a, yeah, like as a standalone cigar, it's a great smoke. So, um, just be aware that you know my my personal palate. Like, I'm not a big fan of sweet. I am a big fan of bitter. Um, and there's no sweetness on the cigar, so it's not going to be for everybody. And experience, and I think so. If we talk about use case with this, like, uh, I think it's strong enough. I'm not doing other stuff with it. You know. Um, it's definitely, uh, like it's affordable, but it's not a dog walker. Um, you know, I wouldn't probably take it fishing and I'm not going to do any yard work. I don't want to be exercising. It's not super heavy, but it's strong enough. But it's so bizarre too, because of the price. Yeah. Yeah. It's so approachable. It's so affordable. Right. And so like the, you know, you think about, all right, what can I, what can I smoke while I'm doing other things? And like the first kind of thing you think about is, all right, what, what price range does this fit Mm -hmm. into? And this cigar fits into that price range. I might smoke it while I was like barbecuing or something. Um, but I would just peg this as a solid lounge cigar. Like this is a cigar you're going to smoke and enjoy. Yeah. You know, yep. it's uh, not a celebration cigar. 
you know, anything like that. But it's an affordable daily smoke where you can go into the lounge. But I would want to, I would really want to smoke this like in a lounge environment, you know, someplace where I can kind of focus on the cigar, not let it overpower me because it does sneak up on you, you know. Uh, it definitely got stronger, you know, as it as it burned down. I think I think like in terms of to uh, the quantity on hand, mm-hmm. which obviously like opus quantity on hand is like going to be very very low, mm-hmm. you know. But this one you can keep your quantity on hand pretty high, yeah, uh, because of the price. And so this is like might be a cigar that you smoke when you don't know what else to smoke. Yeah, and it's not a cigar that I would share first thing either, unless the other person was like a veteran cigar smoker, because of its flavor profile and strength. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some limited use case there. So what do you think for experience? Uh, seven, seven. Yeah. I've got a seven as well. So we're on the same wavelength. They are solid experience. Um, some limits to its use case. Um, and, uh, yeah, like it's in that, uh, it's in that strength spot where you can, you have to be a little careful, you know? Um, but it's also not like super strong, you know, like you said, post-steak dinner, you know, type of thing. So, and that comes out to a final score of 40 nice. for the San Latano Dominicano AJ and Hochi collaboration, 5x50 Robusto with an MSRP of 850 This cigar has a Brazilian Cuban seed wrapper, a Dominican binder, and fillers from Nicaragua and Dominican Republic. All of the Nicaraguan tobaccos from AJ's Farms and all of the Dominican tobaccos from Hochi's Farms and the cigar is made in Hochi's Dominican factory. And I guess, you know, it's Hochi Blanco, and we should probably mention no relation to De Blanco Blanco Cigars. Just has the same last name. Yeah, no obvious relation. I mean, maybe there might be a backdoor. Yeah, I mean. Something or other, some bloodlines shared, but. Uh, my grandmother is Scott. That's that's her surname. And I am related to Sir Walter Scott. Um but not in any meaningful way. So <laughs> right, right. There, there may be some connection there, but nothing obvious. Yeah, right. right exactly. So. Yeah, it's not. This isn't Dave Blanco's brother. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Um, so if you were curious about that, um, so that is it for this episode. The San Lotano Dominicano by AJ Fernandez came out with a score of forty. Great smoke, and we paired it with the Brugal eighteen eighty eight, a Dominican rum, and talked a little bit about the Dominican Republic tobacco growing and cigar industry. Thank you for joining us today on Burnline Podcast. We hope that we have inspired, informed, and suffered through some cigars and liquor so that you don't have to take the brunt of that. Thanks for joining us on Burnline Podcast. We will see you again next week. Mm-hmm.